So today, I have, uh, I have names for my sermons. Today, the sermon title is called Far Greater. And so if you want to open up to Romans 5, you can do that now. I'll, I'll share the passage here in a bit. Um, so the, uh, the, ma- the main point today is I really want to just express uh, that the revelation of our right standing before God is actually one of the key uh, factors as a believer. For us to overcome the enemy, for us to triumph over the enemy, we need to understand our righteousness in Christ and our right standing before God. Um, this is something that the Lord has really been speaking to me about. And actually, even as I was preparing this message, I've been learning so much about it over, after studying the scriptures um, and just understanding how powerful it is when we realize in our lives, no matter what's going on, we can know that we're right with God. And that's great. We can look before God, you know, there's a lot of things that are maybe um, be distracting, things that are harder in our lives, things that aren't going right, but we can look before God and say, I am right with God and gain confidence in that. Yeah, so again, th- the main goal today is I want to communicate to you guys that the revelation of a right standing with God is far greater than any power at work against you or in this world. So I, I truly believe that actually this is, it can be one of the greatest weaknesses when people don't understand that they're right before God and they actually don't understand their righteousness in Christ. It can be one of the greatest weaknesses in, in the lives of, of, of believers. And I feel like um, if this is something that we don't grasp onto, if this is something that we don't grab, then I really feel like we will not actually get to the place that Christ is leading us. Um, for me, I think, you know, we always have revelations. So wherever you're at today, if you're super holy and you have all the revelations of the world or that God has for you, that's great. But um, I really believe, though, that, it's a, that God wants to bring us into continual revelation where we have a revelation of a subject. Um, you know, oh, God, thank you that you have given me joy. But what's that like to not only think that but experience it and actually be totally transformed by the Holy Spirit to live a life fruitful and full of joy? You know, it, it, really, it really comes down to um, having a subject and taking that subject and letting God shepherd you and lead you um, into, into something until it becomes a part of your life, a way that you think, a way that you act, um, knowing that you're loved. Knowing that you're loved is great um, in your head, but if you don't know it in your heart and if you don't experience it in your heart, it's, it's useless. It's just head knowledge. Um, and when we, when we are in our walk with God, we have continual revelation where we, uh, we understand I'm loved. But no, I'm not just loved, I'm liked, I'm enjoyed. God cares about me. And then to actually begin experiencing God's love and his grace and his acceptance is completely different. So has anyone here, has anyone ever not liked themselves here before? Raise your hand. Me, this week. So, you know, <laughs> You know, and I think, has anyone ever not accepted themselves before? Yeah? Okay. Um, has anyone ever been mean to themselves? Okay, you get the point. Okay, great. Me too. All those things. Um, and and that's, that's normal. And so has anyone ever felt like they were awesome? You can just raise your hand. Don't be, don't be lame. Raise your hand. Have any of you felt that you were loved? Yes? Right? And I think, and so my point being, I, I feel this too. I feel like all of us have this tension in our lives where we, we have times where we don't like ourselves, where we don't accept ourselves, where we don't, um, you know, where we don't measure up. And then we have times where like, personally, I mean, like I'm, I'm, oh, I'm decently self-confident. So I'm like, man, I'm awesome. Like I'm doing this. Like, God, I really feel this is where you've called me to be. I've had times with the church. This is my first official week at the church as well. It's pretty awesome. Thank you. I was waiting. I was like, what's the response going to be? (laughs) 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 Um, 
but there's just been times where I'm like, I'm like, oh man, this is hard. Like I'm, you know, I don't feel enough or I don't feel that I'm doing enough to make all these amazing things happen. And there's times where I'm like, God, this is totally exactly what you want. And I feel you smiling down upon me. I feel like, I feel your love. And those are two very different thought processes. And I want to address that. And I feel um, a lot of times we actually, the condemnation in the world, um, the, the rejection, the, the feeling like you're not enough, I really believe that stems from the garden um, before, with Adam and Eve before God. I think, all, I think all of humanity has actually felt this at different points. Um, everyone has felt, the, the, like there's a bar that you measure up on. Am I enough? Um, am I, am I, when am I going to make it? You know, I think a lot of times if you're in business or everyone has careers, you feel like, when am I actually going to be successful? When am I going to be enough? When am I going to hit that point that I measure up and, I, and I'm at the point? You know, does, has anyone ever experienced that? No one wants to raise their hands. And I, I really believe that in, at that point with Adam in the garden, um, sinning and, and, and losing that place with God of oneness and um, and of, of, right, of right standing with God, when he lost that place, I feel like that was the first moment he said, you know, God, when am I going to be right with you again? When am I going to be at this place that where we were at before? When, when am I going to be at this place of oneness and ruling and reigning with you on the earth and naming the animals and in total bliss? You know, right after Adam sinned, he hid himself in shame. He hid himself. He hid himself from God. Um, but the beauty is that Jesus Christ came to make us righteous and to make us one with God as Adam and Eve were. And, and have forgiveness. And so we need to realize that we are at that place with God again. Wow, I totally just jumped out of my notes here. So receiving his, his free gift of righteousness and grace is key to us triumphing over anything in life. So if you can open up with me to Romans 5, verses 14 to 18. All right. So I'm reading out of the New Living Translation today. If you guys want to um, flip your phones to that version. Uh, it says here, I'm starting the later part of uh, 14 here. It says, now Adam is a symbol, a representation of Christ who is yet to come. But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ." Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and a new life for everyone. So the truth is that we're all being led by something. Everyone here, every single person here is being led by something. It says here, Romans 5.16, for Adam's sin led to condemnation. And I think this is what the entire world is experiencing, is that um, the fruit, I don't know the word for it, but the fruit or the inheritance of sin in the, in the world leads to condemnation. And so we're all being led by something. All of us are being led, you know, if you like to admit it or not, all of us are a sum total of the influences in our lives, um, our friends, our family, our mom and dad, or Jesus. That would be great, right? That we'd be led completely by Jesus. But all of us are being led by something. And a lot of us are being led in different areas by something different than Jesus sometimes. Um, 
you know, a lot of times there's shame or fear involved in things. I've, um, having conversations with people, sometimes you can actually just pick up on shame or fear in their life. And, and as I'm listening to them, I'm like, oh man, you're totally being driven by shame in this area of your life. Or you're totally being driven by fear in this area of life. So the, the, the definition of condemnation here says here is to say in a strong and definite way that someone or something is bad or wrong. To give someone a usually severe punishment or to cause someone to suffer or live in difficult, in difficult or unpleasant conditions. And so again, we go back to humanity. I think everybody in humanity is, is wondering, when will I measure up? You know, I think for me, for me and Katrina, we're, we're very productive people. Uh, if you, you get to know us more, we have like literally, like for me personally, all my work hours for the church, I have every single hour planned. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to be doing this, I'm going to be doing this, I'm going to be doing that. And I think for us even, there's this, there's this temptation, this uneasiness, uneasiness when we're resting. Um, we're just like, you know, like, oh, I should be doing something. You know, has anyone ever felt like that? They're like, when they're resting and they're just hanging out, they're like, okay, what can I be doing now to be productive? And I feel God's like, no, no, just rest. Just rest, just receive, just be. You're right with me. It's good. No, no, God, like, I got to do something. And what, and, and what I'm trying to address is what is that? What is that thing deep down that we feel like we have to always be doing something? We, we, have, to, we have to do more so we can be more. We, got, we have to be enough. And so I think, again, Adam, he's, he's saying in the garden, how can I make it right again? And this is me, this is not me saying this is literally exactly what happened. But, I mean, you can imagine you being right with God, one, 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 with, the gar- or sorry, one with him in the garden, and, and, and naming the animals, ruling and reigning with him, and then feeling like, God, I messed up, I sinned. God, how can I be right again? And lots of us, we don't punish ourselves physically, but we do mentally. You know, a lot of us are saying, you deserve to feel this way. You're right. You will never be good enough. And I think a lot of us, like right here, the definition of condemnation is um, to stay in a strong and definite way that someone or something is bad or wrong. I think a lot of us have said, no, you deserve this. You, don't, you, you know, you don't feel like you're enough. You don't feel, you know, you messed up or you did this. You deserve to feel like crap. You deserve to feel bad about yourself. You deserve to feel the punishment. And we actually punish ourselves. A lot of people in our lives aren't doing it, but we're doing it to ourselves. Or causing someone to suffer or live in difficult or unpleasant living conditions. I've been around a lot of people that actually have created unpleasant living conditions within themselves. Has anyone here had someone in their life where you're like, you really have made your life like this? Yeah. Yeah. Don't say their name. <laughs> you can point to them if they're in here. No, I'm just joking. Don't do that. <laughs> no, I, I had a, fr- a friend, Andrew, um, growing up. Super great guy. And so I want to kind of dive into this through this story here. Um, really great guy. Huge dude. He was like, like 6'7", 250. Amazing guy. He was a football player. Seemed happy. But then as, as I got to know him more and more, and we were getting closer and closer, um, this, this reality of the condemnation that was so part of his mind and his spirit and his heart became more and more evident. Um, he would say things like, like, man, like, why are you even my friend? Like, no one loves me. Like, why do you love me? And, and it broke my heart. And I'd be like, man, like, I love you because you're great. Like, you're a good guy at your core. You know, I got saved from a very broken situation. So I knew in my heart, I'm like, man, if I was that messed up, anybody else can get saved too. And anybody else can experience God's love. And sorry, he was, he was Christian, but he was experiencing condemnation 
thoughts of I deserve punishment. Um, he was struggling with different things in different areas of his lives that I won't go into, but he would say, man, I'm worthless. Like, I don't get why anyone would love me. Why does God love me? I'm never going to make it. And he would be cursing himself, just, just out loud saying, I'm never going to be enough. I'm not going to be able to do this. And it broke my heart. And really, what the enemy was doing is he just wants to recreate um, the same shame and the same sin that he feels about himself and, and people. And I feel like in our lives, we need to realize that, yes, we're Christians. Yes, we're victorious and we're right with God. But we need to realize that both forces are in play all the time. You know, God is continually trying to lead you and shepherd your heart and your mind, your soul, your spirit into the revelation that you, he's creating you to be just like his son in the way you think about yourself, the way you see life, um, so that we can actually be functioning and seeing miracles and seeing transformation in our world. But at the same time, the enemy is trying to skew our mind and say, you are not right with God. You're not good enough. You know, you're never going to get a job. You're actually never going to have this position in your company. You're not going to be a good enough husband or wife. And we need to understand that there's both powers at work here. Is this making sense here? It's going to get better. It's going to get more positive. You know, I, I remember I have a, I, I've, I'm always, I don't want to say this person's name. I just have had a friend in my life um, where every time when they mess up, they're such an amazing person, but every time they mess up, they're like, man, I'm just, I'm pathetic. Like, I can't believe I'm dealing with this again. I'm like, like, why am I dealing with this? Why does God love me? And, and I'm hearing this, this, this common theme of just like, man, I'm not enough. I'm not doing this enough. And, and it breaks my heart because it's just not what Jesus has given us as our inheritance. And I think some people here today, whether I can see it on your face or not, I can't see your heart, I can't see what's going on in your spirit, but I think there are people here today that this word is for you. That deep down, you know that there's different situations and different areas in your lives where you think like this. And I'm the first one to say I have totally dealt with these feelings of, um, am I right with God? Yeah, am I right with God? You know, or or am, am I actually good at my core? You know, I think for, for us personally, like even stepping into, into a leadership position, it's like, oh, man, do I have what it takes? Genuinely, I'll just share this. I want to do so well to love and serve you guys. But I think sometimes the enemy can come and just say, oh, can you actually do that? You know, can you, can you actually love them? Can you actually serve them? Can you guys grow? Can you guys walk into vision for the future? But we need to understand that we are right with God. And that the devil has no place in our lives. And when we actually not only receive this revelation in our mind, but we actually let it sink down into our hearts and our spirits and becomes the way we see life, that we are right before God. The devil has no place. And I want to encourage everyone here today. I just feel like there's even people here today that you're, you're facing certain situations, but it's not, um, oh, what's the word? It's not to destroy you, but it's to build you. It's opportunity, and I want to encourage people here today that there's things you are going through. God wants us to be so solid in our knowledge of our righteousness before Christ that when the enemy comes, you know, it's like, bam, just absolute steal. Like, I'm not going to let you in my mind, my heart, my spirit. I know who I am. And the craziest thing about all of this, um, I wrote here, the devil does not want you to understand how loved you are by God and that you were right before him and that God is smiling down upon your life. And that, you know, so many of us, and I see so many Christians, especially with me growing up in an Alliance church and just seeing um, a lot of people who did not allow the Holy Spirit um, into the church. They, they focused on the Father and the Son, but not the Holy Spirit. Um, they didn't understand that, you know, we need to be different from the world. And I looked at so many of those people, and so many people were not different from the world. And I think the world looks at us, and they're like, you know, you are, you are no different than me. You are just as broken as I am. You believe lies just like I am. You're as angry as I am. Why would I want your God? Why would I want Jesus? 
Seriously, though, and we need, to, we need to realize that God wants to shepherd us into a new creation. We are a new creation, but what does that actually mean? And what does it mean to live that out? And I, I want to encourage you, as a church, I want to see us be these people who are completely different, completely transformed by God's love so much that people look at us and they're like, man, those people look like love. Those people look like freedom. They look like health. They look like wholeness. What is different about you? We can point them to our God. And it all starts, I really believe the foundation of all this is knowing that you are right before God. Yeah, so I want to encourage you, our God is far greater than the struggle. So just touch your neighbor and say, God is greater. Poke them a few times to bug them. So Romans 5, 15, I'm going to read through this verse again just because this is so good. It says here, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. The result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God. Right there, God's free gift leads our being to being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone. But Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and a new life for everyone. God, you are so good. I was so good right there. So this means that we can boldly approach God, success or fail, good or bad, and say, Father, I, I need you. God, this is what happened. Because I'm right with you, I can approach you. So I think if we don't understand fundamentally that you are right with God, that he's looking down and he's not saying, yeah, I love you, but I know you're really messed up in all these areas and I don't know about those things. He's actually saying, my arms are completely open. I'm smiling down upon you. I love you. You are my son. You're my daughter. Come close to me. Shame and condemnation that the enemy wants to use says you should hide. You should be fearful. An orphan is is I mess up, but I can't tell my dad. He's going to be mad at me. And sonship is, I mess up, I'm going to run to my dad because I'm right with him and he loves me. And he's going to correct me. He's going to show me. He's going he's to shepherd me into how to live like him. And when we understand our righteousness before God, we, we need to realize that we always have a greater power, a power and a greater reality living within us. So right now, whatever you're experiencing in your life, you being right with God is way greater than anything you're going through. At the end of the day, when you get home, it's not, man, I, I, I didn't do great at my job, or this was so stressful, and man, I'm getting dictated by every single thing in life except for Jesus. It's, I'm right with God, and I don't have to be dictated by any of this, because I have a greater reality living within me. I'm right before God. I mean, in a real way, I'm just saying, if all of you didn't like me or something, or didn't like any one of you, it doesn't matter, because you were right before God. And when you understand fundamentally that you are actually good to your core, that you are righteous, that you are virtuous, that you are good, that you are pure, you will continually be struggling and led away by sin. Is this making sense? I'm trying to articulate this in a way that makes sense. And oh, Hello. Let's go. Let's go. So it comes down to knowing that you are completely loved, you are completely accepted, and God is smiling down upon you. And that's great news, right? Come on. Over all of you, whatever you're going through, he is smiling down upon you and he loves you. You are right with him. And so again, we need to be shepherded by God into a greater awareness of our righteousness and, our, and how much he loves us. So for the, the definition of righteousness, 
Um, it means morally right or justifiable, virtuous. Uh, sin, I don't like saying this word. I always want to say cinnamon. Synonyms. Did I say that right? Synonyms. Synonyms of righteousness are just. So I want, as I'm reading these out, I want you to consciously right now ask yourself if you believe that you are this. And if you don't line up, if you don't believe this about yourself, I want to challenge you that you don't fully know your righteousness in Christ. And I also don't think about myself in all these ways, which I need to. So here are some synonyms of righteousness. Just, upright, good, honorable, honest, worthy, exemplary, noble, right-minded, good-hearted, dutiful. I don't know what that means. Trustworthy, conscientious, ethical, moral, fair, impartial, impartial, commendable, praiseworthy, guiltless, blameless, and sinless. So do you believe, who here believes all those about themselves? <laughs> check, check, check. <laughs> but they're all true. I mean, and, and again for me, it's one thing to be like, oh yeah, I, I think that. But do you believe it and do you know it? And do you actually live your life like that? You know, if someone, from, if someone in your family looked at you, would they say, yeah, Chris actually believes that he's good, that he's upright, he's honorable, he's honest, and I can see it through his life. He's trustworthy, he's conscientious, he's ethical, he's moral, he's fair. And, you know, I think deep down at our core, we need to realize that it's not just we are this deep down at our core, but God is also wanting that to come up in our emotions, in the way we express ourselves, in the way we lead, in the way we love, and that the reality of righteousness would actually permeate our entire existence through our life. Sweet. Okay. So, I think for me personally, one of the greatest revelations of this was just um, knowing that I could come to God with anything. You know, I, I'd have simple things like um, before when I was not when I was not Christian, when I wasn't walking with God, I did a few bad things, as some of you know, some things that were not okay. And one of the things I did is my sister Samantha, my oldest sisters, um, and just so you guys can get to know me, I actually have I have three older sisters and I'm the youngest, so it was brutal. It was the worst. <laughs> I had four moms. That's what I always say. I'd be leaving the house, and I'd have one sister come by my room, and she's like, Chris, are you ready? I'm like, no, I'm not ready. The next one come by, are you ready yet? No. Ten minutes later, the next one, and I would, man, I just would lose it. Um, but I love them now. They're great, and I, I really appreciate them. Um, uh, but she, at the time, she was, she was a waitress, and she had this huge wad of cash. She had um, hundreds, fifties, twenties, and all, like, and $10 bills, like a huge roll like this. And so I'm like, I think it was her fault that she had in the first place, that she had that much money in her drawer, because her little brother was sneaking through it. And, and so it was bad, but I would take a $20 bill every week um, and buy pot. Not good. Don't do that. But I'd, buy weed, I'd be buying weed with all of her money that she was earning and stuff. $20 a week, $20 a week. It added up to probably like $400 or $500. And once I was saved, I felt the Holy Spirit reminded me of this. And I'm like, oh gosh, I forgot I did that. I was definitely stoned when I did that. That was not good. And, and, and I'm like, hey God, what do I do? And he's like, you need to go ask your sister what you want, what she wants. Like, does she want you to pay that back? And you need to make this right by actually um, owning up to it, asking her how you can be forgiven and how you can make this right again. And I'm like, oh, are you serious? I'm like, this sucks. And so I'm like, I don't even have that much money to my name. And, and so I, I approached her, and I was, I was very, like, um, I was very shameful. I felt bad. And I'm like, hey, I stole, like, $500 from you. I don't know how you did not notice in the first place. That's irresponsible. <laughs> it's your fault. But it, it, it really just provoked this in me. The Holy Spirit was provoking me. Um, you are right with me, so now make it right with people. 
Make it right with people in your life. Um, and the fact, I think the, the greatest fact is that I could go before God and say, I did this. And he could say, yep, I know, you idiot, you know. Like, I know this, right? I'm like, so what do I do? And he can give direction. And so we need to understand that whatever is going through your life, the Father doesn't just love you, but he likes you. And he wants, he wants you to come close to him. And just, and just, he knows it all. He sees it all. He saw it all before he died on the cross a million bajillion years ago. And he said, I forgive you. I love you. I'm going to see it all. Don't hide from me. Don't hide like Adam and Eve did when they felt the shame of their mistakes. Come close to me. You're right with me. And this is a gift of free righteousness and grace that you don't have to earn. I have given you. Oh, man, I'm jumping ahead here. All right, guys. And again, we're all being led by something. So daily, we need to be led by this. It's, um, and this is what I want to encourage you with. I really feel like my job is totally useless unless this week you all apply it and that I apply it, right? I think for me personally, I'm like, man, if people aren't actually being transformed, I'm not doing my job. If I'm up here just saying things so you can hear things, I'm like, this, this is useless. I, need to, I want to encourage you guys that this is a daily practice that takes intentionality, that takes um, effort, and if we have effort to sit on our phones for hours texting and scrolling Instagram and doing all this stuff and watching Netflix, we have time to be intentional to steward our inner being, to steward our spirit and say, God, who are you creating me to be and how can I be aware of my righteousness? So when the enemy comes and says, I am not enough, it's you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are made in the image of God. When you feel like you're not loved, no, for God so loved the world, which is you. He gave his one only son. If you were the only person here on earth, Jesus would have still died for you. To make you right before him and the Father and the Holy Spirit. When you feel I am defeated, you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. And so I want to encourage every single person here. I'm not done yet. Um, I'm going to keep going on for a bit. How am I doing for time? Oh, man, it's getting late. I'm sorry, guys. Um, Okay. Uh, but I really want to encourage you guys that this takes intentionality, that we need to realize every single day we need to be aware that we are becoming a new creation. We're being transformed into the image of Jesus daily. And I don't want anyone to miss out here. And I will straight up tell you, I'm like, I, if we're in relationship, I, I will confront you, or not confront you, but I'll challenge you that, that Jesus, there's so many things that Jesus wants to do in each and every one of your lives. Like very specific things the Father wants to teach you to walk like Jesus, and so we can see this world transformed. And I think so many of us, we, we come to church, and we're just wanting to get things fixed up, or we just want to hear a good word, but Jesus wants you to understand who you are so you can change the world. The Father's ultimate vision isn't just, okay, eventually we're going to get this, and then we'll be good. It's, I want you to get this now because I have huge plans for this earth, and if you want to be a part of it, let's get this one small thing that is so significant to the way we see ourselves and see God so that I can transform the world through your lives. I really believe that God is actually wanting to shepherd the world back to that place with Adam and Eve, with oneness with God, where we're ruling and reigning over the earth again. And he's ruling and reigning with his sons and daughters, but we need to get that we're right before God, that we're not, we're not uh, broken deep down at our heart at a uh, terrible level, that we're actually good, we're pure, we're right with God. Come on. There's a huge key in this all too. And that's, that we need to learn to receive. And we need to learn to receive this. If you turn to, um, or if you look at verse 17 here, it says, For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. 
isn't that a beautiful promise that you will triumph, triumph over anything in your life as long as you receive God's grace and his righteousness? There's nothing in your life that you cannot overcome as long as you learn to receive. But I think, again, that is something that's so difficult for us in our culture. You know, I think all of us are like, man, I need to earn it. You know, when, like, Tan and Larissa, we went for dinner last night, and they were so, I'm just going to love you guys. They bought us dinner. We did a Burger Week, and it was this really nice burger. And it's, you know, there's this uncomfortability where you're like, oh, you're going to pay for my dinner? It's like, oh, no, I should pay for you. No, let me pay. I even did that. I was like, Tanner, no, I'm paying for it. I was like, I don't have money to be paying for this, but let me pay for it. I'm just joking. Um, but, but there's this uncomfortability for us to receive in our lives, to truly just receive and say, this is free. I'm going to receive it. I'm just going to enjoy this. This is a gift. The key here is that you have to receive it. It's God's free gift of wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. He's just saying, he's looking at you and saying, it's all good. It's all good. I love you. I'm here for you. You're good. We're right. This is all good. I know all this other stuff is going on, but we're right. We're good. I love you. And I can't emphasize enough that this all happens in the secret place. If you don't have a strong secret place, you're never going to grow in Christ. If you're not spending time alone before the Father and seeking his face, if you're not reading his word, if you're not spending time in prayer with him, you're just not going to grow. I'll be totally honest with you. And so if you're, if you're constantly hitting struggle after struggle after struggle, I would challenge your secret place time. I had friends who would, who would come and approach me, and I think I told you this before, and they'd have the same sin over and over and over. And I'm like, hey, man, so like, how is your secret place? I'm like, what is God teaching you? What is God showing you? And they're like, what do you mean the secret place? And I'm like, the place, you know, you just get alone before God. You and God, what's going on? And he's like, like no, I don't do that. Okay, come back to me once you've done that. Ten days later, they're like, man, I'm struggling with the same thing. I'm like, have you spent time with God? No, man, like, but there's got to be some other way. No, there's really not. The only person that can help you overcome things is the Father, is Jesus Christ himself and personal relationship of actually knowing him and knowing his voice and knowing his word. That's something we do not do enough is dive into his word and say, who am I? And so some people, again, when God gives you this free gift of grace and righteousness, some of us feel awkward. Like, ah, do I deserve this? Do, I don't know, you know, okay, thank you. I'll, I'll take it and I'll think about it and I'll try to open it up. You know, and some of us are like, you know what, God, I will show you that I could have earned this and I will do my best and I will strive and I'll perform my way to receive this gift. But God's like, no, 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 just open it, unwrap it. Let me show you who I am. Let me show you that we're right, that we're good, that you're actually good at your core because you're made in my image. Yeah, I actually feel, I feel to share the story really quick. I, um, Chris Valentin, I spent three years, for some of you that are new, I spent three years at Bethel um, doing the school ministry. It was amazing. Um, and, and during that time, Chris Valentin shared a very powerful story. Uh, he, there was, uh, I think it was like another theologian or something that he was sitting down with and he was doing some leadership training or something with them. And, uh, and he was talking about how we're made in the image with God and, and that, we're righteous before, that we're righteous because of God's free gift and that we're good before God and that we're deep down we're pure and we're, we look like Jesus. And he's like, and the theologian says to him, he's like, that is absolute heresy. I can't believe you would say that. We are broken. We are sinners. We are defeated. We'll never be good enough. And one day we're just, we're just doing this all to get to heaven. And that's what I grew up with. I'll continue the story, but that's what I grew up with. Is, is that thing where it's, we, are, we are sinners, we are defeated, um, and one day we're just trying to get to heaven when, the, when I believe, I don't even believe, I believe that's wrong and it's border, I don't want to say borderline heresy, I just think it's completely wrong and not biblical. 
the whole entire point of this is to bring heaven to earth, to earth, that we're right with God, that we're not trying to get to heaven, that we're right with God, and God wants to heal us up, train us up, show us who we are, and change the world through us and bring heaven to earth. And so, uh, again, the theologian says, this is complete heresy. I can't believe you say this. We're broken. We're sinners. We're messed up. We're um, diametrically wrong. Is diametrically a word? That's a good word. I'll use it again. And, and I, I just point, and I remember Chris Fallison saying, he points at this beautiful painting, and he's like, is this a nice painting? And he's like, yeah, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful painting. What's your point? Um, and he just said, would you shaming and saying negative things about this painting, um, like, you know, praise the author or actually, um, you know, discourage him? Or is it mean, you know? And so he's like, yeah, okay, what's your point? And he was just saying, you know, we are, we are the exact same way. We are these beautiful pieces of art made in the Father's image, made in God's image. And when we actually say negative things about ourselves, it deglorifies God. It doesn't glorify God. When you, when you feel like you are punishing yourself because you deserve it, it's not glorifying God. It's deglorifying God. It's offending him because you're made in the image of him. We're made to look like him. We actually represent what he looks like. All of us are unique expressions of who God is. And so again, we need to just rest before God and receive this beautiful gift of righteousness. And as you're going through your weeks, I just really, I pray that you can have time alone before the Father. Just to to know that you are right with God, that he loves you, his arms are open. To know who you are. So my last thing I want to touch on here really quick is that we reign as kings not for victory, but from victory. So Romans 5.17 of the Passion Translation actually says here, Death once held us in its grip, and by the blunder of one man, death reigned as king over humanity. But now, how much more are we held in the grip of grace? Isn't it so good? We are held in the grip of grace. And we continue reigning as kings in our lives, enjoying our regal freedom through the gift of perfect righteousness in the one and only Jesus, the Messiah. So we reign as kings from life now. We reign as kings and queens in life now. Little K, little Q. But we, we, don't, we, don't, reign, we don't fight for victory, we reign from victory. That when you actually get this, this is powerful, when you actually get that you're right before God and you have situations come in your life, it's, I'm not going to be affected by all this stuff. And listen, there has been some hard situations with the last month that have been very testing for me. But you need to understand, when we know that we're right before God, whatever you're facing in your day, you actually get a declaring decree what happens with the situation, not the opposite. Someone comes to me and says, I don't like this, I don't like that. I'm like, you know what? That's great. I'm going to hear you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to serve you. But I'm not going to be affected because I know at my core I'm a son and I'm right with God. I know that I'm doing what God has called me to do, and I'm right where God wants me. So whatever discouragements or whatever distractions come at me, I'm not affected, and I'm not, I'm not being affected by all this, and then trying to find victory in that place. I'm reigning from victory as a king before Christ, and saying, I'm right before my dad. I'm right before my father. I'm sitting on my father's lap. What do you got? What do you want? You're not worthy. You can't do this. Okay, well, I'm with my father here, I guess. Okay. You know, you're not enough. I, I, I am. I'm actually right before God. And, and, and it's the enemy when he comes and he's, and he's hitting you. You don't have to try to fight for victory. When you understand this, you can actually reign from a place of victory. You know, I think for all of us, sometimes, does anyone just get like, like weird thoughts? Like somebody just get a thought and you're like, where did that come from? Anyone? So even for me, if I'm being real, like when, when all of a sudden you have an impure thought or something, it's knowing that, bam, nope, I'm actually righteous, I'm pure, this is who my father says I am, that's not who I am. Taking every thought captive in Christ under the obedience of Jesus, 
that every single thought that comes at us, we can say, no, okay, what is this? Oh, this is unholy. This is impure. This is not my inheritance. This is not me. And that takes a lot of intentionality. 